ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so continuing with Lum'atul I'tiqad, we began with the introduction last time, and today we go on to the next section from that, which is the section that speaks about some of the affairs related to the names and attributes of Allah. The names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Qawlul mu'allifi rahimahullah, له الأسماء الحسنى والصفات العلى قال تعالى الرحمن على العرش استوى له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض وما بينهما وما تحت الثرى وإن تجهر بالقول فإنه يعلم السر وأخفى أحاط بكل شيء علما وَقَهَرَ كُلَّ مَخْلُوقٍ عِزَّةً وَحُكْمًا وَوَسِعَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ رَحْمَةً وَعِلْمًا يَعْلَمُ مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَمَا خَلْفَهُمْ وَلَا يُحِيطُونَ بِهِ عِلْمًا مَوْصُوفٌ بِمَا وَصَفَ بِهِ نَفْسَهُ فِي كِتَابِهِ الْعَظِيمِ وَعَلَى لِسَانِ نَبِيِّهِ الْكَرِيمِ in this section now then, the author, Ibn Qudam al-Maqdisi rahimahullah says, لَهُ الْأَسْمَاءُ الْحُسْنَى That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the most beautiful of names, the most perfect of names, at the pinnacle of perfection and beauty. وَالصِّفَاتُ الْعُلَى And the Lofty attributes. The lofty attributes. Al-Sheikh Zayd, rahimahullah, says regarding that section, هَذَا إِثْبَاتٌ مِنَ الْمُؤَلِّفِ كَغَيْرِهِ مِنْ أَئِمَّةِ السُّنَّةِ بِأَنَّ لِلَّهِ تَعَالَى الْأَسْمَاءَ الْحُسْنَى وَالصِّفَاتِ الْعُلَى This here is an affirmation. Just like the scholars of the sunnah affirmed elsewhere, that indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the most perfect and beautiful of names and the lofty attributes. Alati samma wa wasafa biha nafsahu. The names and attributes that Allah named and attributed himself with. Names and attributes that Allah attributed to Himself and named Himself with. Fi kitabihi al-kareem, in the Qur'an, or upon the tongue of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, meaning either in the Qur'an or in the sunnah. Because when it comes to talking about Allah, and talking about the names and attributes of Allah, then this is a 
matter which is tawqifi. Tawqifi meaning that we cannot just say anything from our own minds. We cannot talk about Allah and mention His names and attributes made up from our own minds. This is something which can only be derived from the Qur'an and the Sunnah itself. It is something which can only be derived from the Qur'an and the Sunnah. It is not something that we can perceive and imagine ourselves or make up ourselves. وَأَسْمَاءُ اللَّهِ كُلُّهَا حُسْنًا And the names of Allah, all of them are at the pinnacle of beauty. اَيْ رَفِيعَةُ الْمَعْنَى Meaning they have very high meanings, very lofty meanings to the names of Allah. جَلِيلَةُ الْقَدْرِ And they have a lofty status and rank. بَالِغَ فِي الْحُسْنِ غَايَتَ They are at the pinnacle of beauty and perfection. وَلَيْسَتْ أَسْمَاءً مُجَرَّدَةً مِنَ الْمَعَانِي كَمَا تَقُولَ الْمُعْتَزِلَةً And the names of Allah are not just names. Rather, they have meanings. So here we are talking about this issue of the names and attributes of Allah. We know that Allah has names and attributes. Allah has different names, lots of different names. We do not know exactly how many. Some examples of those, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. When you say Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim are two of the names of Allah. These are examples. And just like that, there are many other names of Allah. Al-Aziz, Al-Ghafoor, Al-Alim, Al-Sami' Many names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here the author is talking about those names of Allah. That they are the most beautiful and perfect of names, the names of Allah. And that they are not just names. They have meanings behind them. They have meanings behind them. Not like the people of innovation who claim that the names of Allah are just names and they have no meanings. Rather, the names of Allah have meaning behind them. And Allah said in the Quran, وَلِلَّهِ الْأَسْمَاءُ الْحُسْنَى فَدْعُوهُ بِهَا Indeed, Allah has the most perfect and beautiful of names. So call upon him via those names. وَأَسْمَاءُ اللَّهِ كَثِيرًا The names of Allah are many. The names of Allah are many. لَا يُحْصِيهَا إِلَّهُ Nobody knows how many there are. Nobody can enumerate them, count them, except Allah. لِمَا ثَبَتَ فِي دُعَاءِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Because it is mentioned in the dua that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم would make أَسْأَلُكَ بِكُلِّ اسْمٍ هُوَ لَكَ The Prophet صلى الله عليه used to say in this dua which can be read in times of grief and stress أَسْأَلُكَ بِكُلِّ اسْمٍ هُوَ لَكَ I ask you by every name that you have. 
that you named yourself with أو أنزلته في كتابك or you revealed to us in the Quran in your book أو علمته أحدا من خلقك or you taught anyone in creation from your creation أو استأثرت به في علم الغيب عندك all the names that you have kept in the knowledge of the unseen to yourself. Names that you have named yourself with or taught us in the Quran or taught anybody in your creation. And names that you have kept in the knowledge of the unseen to yourself. What does this mean therefore? It means... That there are names that Allah has kept in the knowledge of the unseen from us. There are names therefore that we do not know. There are names that we do not know. Certain names of Allah that we are unaware of. Affirmed in this narration. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, I ask you by all of your names, including the names that you have kept. Hidden in the knowledge of the unseen from us. So there are certain names of Allah that we are not aware of. So when he says, That there are names you have kept in the knowledge of the unseen to yourself. This indicates that it is not possible for the creation to enumerate, to count the names of Allah. We cannot. Because there are some names that we don't know of. So how many are those? We don't know. Therefore we cannot put a figure on the names of Allah. And that's why it is a mistake that people think the names of Allah are 99. The names of Allah are not just 99. Names of Allah are more than 99. It is an error for people to believe that Allah only has 99 names. Often they make this error due to the hadith of Abu Huraira, or due to them misunderstanding rather. Due to them misunderstanding the hadith of Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, إِنَّ لِلَّهِ تِسْعَةً وَتِسْعِينَ إِسْمًا مَنْ أَحْصَاهَا يعني مِئَةً إِلَّا وَاحِدًا مَنْ أَحْصَاهَا دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has 99 names. Hadith in Bukhari and Muslim. Allah has 99 names. A hundred except one. Whoever learns them, understands them, memorizes them, acts upon them, will enter paradise. Allah has 99 names, 100 minus 1. Whoever learns them, understands them, memorizes them, practices upon them, will enter paradise. This hadith, the people have misunderstood. 
And they think it means that Allah only has 99 names then. Hadith is in Bukhari and Muslim. The hadith does not mean that Allah only has 99 names. The scholars, they give an example to highlight why it does not restrict it to 99 names. They say, if a person came to you and said to you, that I have, I have 99 pounds in my pocket, which I have prepared for you in charity. I have 99 pounds here I have prepared to give you in charity. How much money does this person own? How much money has this person got in his life? Right now, how much money has he got? He has just come to you and said, I've got 99 pounds. That's what I've got. I've got 99 pounds. I'm going to give you in charity. How much money has he got altogether in his bank account? We don't know. Can anybody say, well, he must have 99 pounds. That's what he just said. He just said, I've got 99 pounds. That's what I've got. And that's what I'm going to give you in charity. Can it be said, that's all he has? It cannot. Because this 99 pounds he's talking about, he's talking about it for a specific reason. For a particular purpose. For charity in this example. It does not mean he is saying to you, this is all I've got. All I have in the whole wide world is this 99 pounds I'm going to give you in charity. Doesn't mean that at all. All it means is right now here, I have put aside 99 to give you in charity. Not that this is all I've got. Maybe he's got another thousand, who knows? The same in this hadith. When Allah says Allah has 99 names, if you memorize them, learn them, practice them, you'll enter paradise. It doesn't mean that is all Allah has. Allah has more names. But for us, 99 is enough that you memorize and learn and practice and that will enter you into paradise. Doesn't mean that this is all Allah has. So everybody understands that. Just because in the hadith it says Allah has 99 names, if you learn them, practice them, you learn to paradise, doesn't mean that's all Allah has. What about the other names? There are more. But we've just been told 99, memorize them, learn them, practice them, you'll be in this hadith of entering paradise. As for the rest of the names, there are more. There are more. And in fact, it is mentioned by some of the scholars that when they researched the Qur'an and the Sunnah, they actually found more than 99 already anyway. There are some scholars who researched and they came across more than 99 names in the Qur'an and the Sunnah already anyway. And without a doubt, even if that was not the case, even if that was not the case, the hadith that we've just read from the Prophet ﷺ, the dua that he used to make, in times of grief, in that dua he says, I ask you with the names that you have kept in the knowledge of the unseen from us. So we know there are names Allah has that we don't know about yet. How many are those? We don't know. So it's impossible to put a figure on the names of Allah. So these posters that you see, the 99 names of Allah, it is misleading to think that Allah only has 99 names. The names of Allah are more than that, and we do not know the exact figure. Then he went on to say, وَالصِّفَاتُ الْعِلَىٰ That Allah has the lofty 
the attributes. The lofty attributes, al-aliya, al-rafi'a, allati la yushbihuha shay'un min sifat al-makhluqat. The lofty high attributes that nothing in creation resembles. The high and lofty attributes that nothing from the attributes of creation resembles. بَلْ هِيَ صِفَاتُ كَمَالِ لَا يَعْتَرِيهَا نَقْصٌ وَلَا تَغَيُّرُ وَلَا خَلَلٌ They are attributes of perfection. There is no deficiency that overcomes them. There is no change that overcomes them. There is no deficiency, any type of weakness, any type of missing that goes into them. They are of absolute perfection and completion. وَإِنَّمَا النَّقْصُ وَالْخَلَلُ وَالْفَنَاءُ لِذَوَاتِ الْمَخْلُوقِينَ وَصِفَاتِهِمْ Deficiency, shortcoming, wrong, that type of thing is only in creation. That type of thing, deficiency, is not to be found within Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no deficiency in the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are of absolute perfection. وَأَنَّ سَمْعَهُ تَعَالَ لَيْسَ كَسَمْعِ خَلْقِهِ وَبَصَرُهُ لَيْسَ كَبَصَرِ خَلْقِهِ وَهَكَذَا الْقَوْلُ فِي بَقِيَّةِ أَسْمَاءِ اللَّهِ الْحُسْنَى وَصِفَاتِهِ الْعُلَى الْوَارِدَ فِي الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ The names and attributes of Allah, we must affirm them in absolute perfection. We affirm the names and attributes of Allah upon absolute perfection. And so if we say that Allah is the all-hearing and Allah is the all-seeing, then the attributes of hearing and seeing, Allah hears and Allah sees, but in a manner that does not resemble the creation in any way. We as the creation cannot be resembled to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, cannot be compared to Allah in any way. ثُمَّ أَوْرَدَ الْمُؤَلِّفُ بَعْضًا مِنَ النُّسُوسِ الدَّالَّ عَلَىٰ إِثْبَاتِ أَسْمَاءِ اللَّهِ وَصِفَاتِهِ Then after that, the author mentioned some ayat which affirm the names and attributes of Allah. He mentioned some ayat of the Qur'an which highlight some of the names and attributes of Allah. So for example, Ar-Rahmanu ala al-Arsh istawa. In this ayah is an affirmation of the name of Allah, Ar-Rahman. Ar-Rahman is one of the names of Allah. And this ayah also highlights one of the attributes of Allah, which is that Allah is established above the throne. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not everywhere. 
It is a mistaken aqeedah for a person to believe that Allah is everywhere. Allah is not everywhere. Yes, Allah hears and sees and knows everything, yes. But you do not say Allah is everywhere. Allah is separate from this creation. Allah is not mixed into this world and this creation everywhere here. Allah is separate from this. Allah is above all of this. Above all of this creation. Ba'inun. Separate and distinct from this creation. Above all of this creation, above the heavens, above the throne. Allah is the most high. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the most high above all of this. The earth and the sun and the moon and the heavens and everything Allah is above all of that. Upon His throne, established upon His throne. So this is what is mentioned and this is the purpose of learning the aqidah. How many people out there, if you ask them where is Allah, they say Allah is everywhere, here, everywhere. Allah is everywhere. This is not the belief of a Muslim. This is not what the Prophet ﷺ ever taught us. This is not what the Qur'an and the Sunnah ever taught us. This is what the misguidance of the people has taught them. The misguidance of the people slowly but surely has overcome them in their aqidah. They're distancing themselves from the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Not learning knowledge of the basics of the religion, the foundations and the principles. Instead wasting their time with politics and demonstrations and talking about this ruler and that ruler and this country is bad and that country is bad and that Muslim king is bad. All of their time wasting their time in politics and they do not learn the very basics of their religion, their aqidah. Allah is not everywhere like that. His hearing and His seeing and His knowledge, yes, everything. But Allah is above the creation, separate from this creation. So Ar-Rahman dallat ala ithbati sifat istiwa illahi ala arshi. كما جاء ذلك في سبعة مواضع من كتاب الله عز وجل والاستواء على العرش من صفات الأفعال التي يفعلها متى شاء So Allah is established above the throne and that is also indicating the attribute of highness that Allah is high, lofty and high and above all of the creation This is all from the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of course, there are people of innovation who reject this correct aqidah. And they say, no, Allah is not above. Allah is here with us everywhere. But how can you make an aqidah like that? That Allah is here with us everywhere. So is Allah mixed in with His creation? Allah created us. Is the Creator mixed in with His creation? We, the weak creation. Allah, our Creator, is mixed in with us. How can that be? That is nonsense. Allah is above all of this weak creation. Allah is separate and above it all. We're not going to say Allah is mixed in with us here in all this creation. That is what the Sufis they say. That we are all one entity, one existence with Allah. That is a nonsense. When the Prophet ﷺ asked a slave girl, Ain Allah, where is Allah? She said, Fissama, above the heavens. Above the heavens, above everything, above all of the creation. So that is the correct aqidah and these are the basics every Muslim needs to know. 
How can a Muslim not know the basics of his aqidah? Not know the basics of his belief? Somebody asks you, what is your belief about Allah and you don't know? You want to say Allah is everywhere? You don't know that Allah is above the creation? These are the basics that we must learn. Also, in these ayat that the author quoted, one of the attributes that was quoted was knowledge. أَحَاطَ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ Allah's knowledge encompasses everything. Allah's knowledge encompasses every single thing. أَيْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ أَحَاطَ عِلْمُهُ بِجَمِيعِ مَخْلُوقَاتِهِ مَنْ كَانَ فِي السَّمَاءِ وَمَنْ كَانَ فِي الْأَرْضِ Allah's knowledge encompasses everything in creation. Everything in the heavens, in the earth, Allah's knowledge encompasses it. Every language that is spoken, if every person in all of their hundreds of different languages made dua to Allah, it can be answered. Allah hears everything, sees everything, has knowledge of everything. And that's why it is mentioned, يَعْلَمُ مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَمَا خَلْفَهُمْ وَلَا يُحِيطُونَ بِهِ عِلْمًا Allah knows what you have right now and what is to come for you. Everything Allah knows, the decree past, present and future. Even those things that never occurred, if they had occurred, Allah knows how they would have occurred. And they never even occurred. Such is the expansive knowledge of Allah of every single affair. So this also indicates another attribute of Allah, which is that Allah has an absolute comprehensive knowledge of every single thing. Allah sees you, Allah hears you, Allah knows your actions, what you're doing, how you're doing it, when you're doing it. And that's why the highest level of a Muslim, the highest level of a Muslim is the one who reaches the level of ihsan. The one who reaches the level of ihsan, a muhsin. You have a Muslim, a Muslim. He practices his religion, he practices the Quran and the Sunnah, and he increases his iman, and he carries on and carries on and carries on until he reaches the level of being not just a Muslim, but a mu'min. Then the person carries on working and practicing and trying hard with his religion more and more and more and more, until eventually he gets even higher than that level into the next level, which is the level of ihsan, he is a muhsin. Muslim, then mu'min, then muhsin. And the muhsin, the Prophet wasallam said, when Jibreel asked him, akhbirni anil ihsan, Tell me about Ihsan. What is Ihsan? Who is the Muhsin? The Prophet ﷺ said, أَن تَعْبُدَ اللَّهَ كَأَنَّكَ تَرَاهُ فَإِن لَمْ تَكُنْ تَرَاهُ فَإِنَّهُ يَرَاكُ That you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as though you can see Him. And even though you cannot see Him, certainly, indeed Allah sees you. Sees you in the worship that you do. Sees you in your obedience, in what you're doing, how you're doing it. So the muhsin is the one who recognizes that. And so he perfects his worship for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
knowing that Allah sees him in all of his affairs in times of difficulty, in times of ease. So even in the times of difficulty, he remains patient and keeps his trust in Allah, returning to Allah, supplicating to Allah, asking Allah for relief and to be exited and an escape from that difficulty. The muhsin is at that level. Then the author said, وَقَهَّرَ كُلَّ مَخْلُوقٍ عِزَّةً وَحُكْمًا And Allah has subdued all of His creation with His might and majesty and rule. أي أن الله سبحانه وتعالى هو القاهر فوق كل شيء. Allah is the one who is above in control and in power over everything. Allah is the one who has subdued everything. Allah is above and in power over everyone. فَالْمَخْلُوقَاتِ تَحْتَ سُلْطَانِهِ So all of the creation is below the, the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is below the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَتَحْتَ تَسَرُّفِهِ And everything in creation is under the command of Allah in terms of how Allah decrees the affairs. And how the universe is controlled, we are all in that, under that, under that control. And Allah has the absolute power and strength to overcome and to do as He pleases. Allah does as He pleases in this creation. And there is nobody who is outside of the control of Allah. There is nobody who is outside of the, the ownership of Allah. كَمَا قَالَ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى Just like Allah said in the Qur'an, وَهُوَ الْقَاهِرُ فَوْقَ عِبَادِهِ وَهُوَ الْحَكِيمُ الْخَبِيرُ He is the Al-Qahir فَوْقَ عِبَادِهِ The one in authority and in supremacy over his creation, over his servants. And he is the all-wise and the all-knowing. Then it mentions, وَوَسِعَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ رَحْمَةً وَعِلْمًا Allah encompassed everything with His mercy and His knowledge. يَعْلَمُ مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَمَا خَلْفَهُمْ وَلَا يُحِيطُونَ بِهِ عِلْمًا Allah knows what is your situation now and what is to come for you. And you do not encompass knowledge of Him. We do not have that knowledge. Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the absolute knowledge of all of our affairs and what is to come for us. This is the comprehensive knowledge of Allah. And Allah's mercy encompasses all of the creation. The mercy of your Lord is upon all of the creation. Even the kuffar. Even the kuffar and the disbelievers, Allah gives them mercy. Because the mercy of Allah is two types. One which is a general mercy and one which is a more specific mercy. The general mercy of Allah, it is widespread to all of the people including the kuffar. The air that we breathe, do the kuffar not have that air to breathe? They have it too. The food that we eat, do the kuffar not have that food? They have it too. The water that we drink, the kuffar have it too. The houses we live in, the kuffar have them too. The mercy of Allah is upon them too, that they have all of these things. 
That is from the mercy of Allah upon them. Yet there is another type of mercy which is more specific. And that is the mercy of Allah for the believers. Allah shows a more specific mercy to the believers. That Allah guides them to the straight path and guides them to paradise in the hereafter. So the first type of mercy, it encompasses everyone. All of the people, the kuffar included. أي أن الله تعالى وسع برحمته جميع المخلوقات. So Allah encompassed all of His creation with His mercy. وفي هذا إثبات لصفة الرحمة العامة. This indicates the general attribute of mercy, the general mercy. ولصفة العلم and the attribute of knowledge. So Allah's knowledge and His mercy they encompass everything. Then he mentions a very important point at the end of this section. مَوْسُوفٌ بِمَا وَصَفَ بِهِ نَفْسَهُ فِي كِتَابِهِ الْعَظِيمِ وَعَلَى لِسَانِ نَبِيِّهِ الْكَرِيمِ Allah is described with whatever he described himself with. Or in his book in the Qur'an, he is described with whatever he described himself with in the Quran and the Sunnah. Or upon the tongue of his messenger, meaning upon the Sunnah. So that is the only source of knowledge that we have regarding the names and attributes of Allah. What Allah described himself with in the Quran or what Allah described Himself with in the Sunnah. There is no possibility for any of us to make up an attribute for Allah, to make up a name for Allah. The names and attributes are purely from what we find in the revelation from Allah directly, in the Qur'an and in the Sunnah. So whatever we find in there, about the names and attributes, we accept it and we take it and we practice it. And we believe in it and we affirm it. And whatever we do not, then we leave that. And whatever we find that Allah negates from Himself, does not affirm it, then we negate it too. Like Allah says, لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم In Ayat Al-Kursi, لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم Sleep and slumber do not overcome Allah. Allah has negated these attributes from Himself in the Qur'an. So we negate those attributes from Allah too. So we affirm what Allah affirmed in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. And we negate what Allah negated in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. That is the only pathway to the names and attributes of Allah. What is found in the revelation because it is not possible for any individual to attempt to describe the names and attributes from himself or from his own intellect. Up to there, any questions? Up to the end of that section, any questions, any queries? We'll go through the book section by section. In that section there, it talks about the names and the attributes. There are more sections coming about it, but section by section.
In that opening section there about the names and attributes, is everything clear so far? So everything is clear so far. In the next section, we'll briefly begin it. قَالَ الْمُؤَلِّفُ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ وَكُلُّ مَا جَاءَ فِي الْقُرْآنِ أَوْ صَحَّ عَنِ الْمُصْطَفَى عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ مِنْ صِفَاتِ الرَّحْمَانِ وَجَبَ الْإِيمَانُ بِهِ He says, everything which has come in the Qur'an, or which has been mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ, about the attributes of Allah, then it is obligatory to have iman in it. Obligatory to have iman in it. وَتَلَقِيهِ بِالتَّسْلِيمِ وَالْقَبُولِ and to receive that with submission and acceptance. Submit to what you find in the Qur'an and the Sunnah about the names and attributes and accept it. وَتَرْكُ التَّعَرُّضِ لَهُ بِالرَّدِّ وَالتَّأْوِيلِ وَالتَّشْبِيهِ وَالتَّمْثِيلِ And this is the section we'll do in more detail next time. To not get yourself involved in trying to interpret the names and attributes yourself. And not get yourself involved in trying to imagine the names and attributes yourself. Not get yourself involved in trying to make comparisons and pictures and images of the names and attributes of Allah. Give explanations and interpretations from your own mind. We do not do that. We do not try to give the interpretations ourselves of what the names and attributes of Allah mean. We leave them as they are in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Accept them as they are in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. And it is not the aqidah of the Salaf to try to interpret and give their own resemblances and imaginations and pictures about them. So that is what we'll begin with next time, then talking about this prohibition of falling into trying to interpret the names and attributes of Allah in trying to give imaginations about what Allah looks like. That is haram and impermissible. So we'll mention more details about the names and attributes next time in that, insha'Allah ta'ala. If there's any other general questions or anything linked to that now, we can do that for a while before we conclude, insha'Allah. So. Just about the, uh, the names and attributes of Allah. Can you just differentiate the difference between a name and an attribute and some examples maybe? So the names and attributes of Allah. We said before, the names are not just names, they have meanings. So it is the belief of Ahlul Sunnah, very briefly, that every name of Allah has an attribute. So for example, the name of Allah is Ar-Rahman. One of the names of Allah, Ar-Rahman. That means the most merciful. That means Allah has the attribute of being merciful, mercy. Allah's name is Ar-Rahman. So the attribute from that name is the attribute of mercy. Allah's name is As-Sami'ah, which means all-hearing. So He has the attribute of hearing. Allah is Al-Basir, the all-seeing. He has the attribute of seeing. Al-Alim. His name is Al-Alim, the all-knowledgeable. So He has the attribute of Knowledge, that's names and attributes. The people of innovation, they are the ones who went astray. And they began to say, 
that Allah has names, but He has no attributes. That is impossible. That's like saying then, Allah's name is Al-Alim. He is the all-knowledgeable, but He doesn't have knowledge. Allah is As-Sami'ah, the all-hearing, but He doesn't have hearing. Allah is Ar-Rahman, the most merciful, but He doesn't have mercy. That is what the people of innovation say. Some of the people of innovation. And that's why you can see how ridiculous that is. How wrong that is. A lie upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when this ummah began to have these issues arise, and the different groups they started to appear, it was because of these things. It wasn't to do with the rulers and the politics and go do demonstrations, all this foolishness. The beginning of it was these types of issues where the deviants started to go astray in aqidah. So they started to make up false aqidah. And that's how their groups started to emerge and they separated away from Ahl Sunnah. So now you can see how ridiculous this statement is of some of the people of innovation. Allah is Ar-Rahman but has no Rahmah. Allah is As-Sami' but He has no Sam'ah. Allah is Al-Alim, the knowledgeable, but He has no knowledge. How can that be? Absolutely ridiculous belief. Ahl Sunnah, we say Allah is Ar-Rahman and He has the attribute of Rahmah. Allah is Al-Alim, the knowledgeable, has the attribute of knowledge, Al-Ilm. This is the way, this is the correct aqidah. This is the aqidah of Ahl sunnah the aqidah of the Prophet ﷺ, the aqidah of the Salaf. And this is the foundation every Muslim builds his religion upon. Your religion is built upon this aqidah, this understanding, this tawheed. These are all the basic factors. Nowadays the people, they don't understand that. They think the most important thing is looking at the news every day, reading about the Muslim countries and the evil rulers I mean to try to topple them and do revolutions and all the rest of the rubbish. They think their lives were for that reason. They think their lives are for that reason. Their lives are for the reason of learning the correct aqidah and worshipping Allah properly. But they have abandoned that the shaitan has taken them away from that. Shaitan has taken them away from learning the correct basics of their religion into wasting time over politics and this ruler and that ruler and let's go do demonstrations at the embassy and why did Saudi Arabia allow the Americans to do this and that? They think their lives are about that. Their lives are about that and they don't even know the basics of aqidah. You ask them, where is Allah? They say, Allah is everywhere. They lie upon Allah, don't even know the basics of the belief that the Prophet taught us about Allah. And then they go and want to demonstrate and do this and do that. This is the way the shaitan has tricked the people. This is what the Salaf taught. This is the way of the scholars from the centuries ago. To learn the aqidah, to learn the foundations of the religion. So this is what we are doing. So inshallah ta'ala, we'll carry on from that point next time. Hmm. They're allowed to defend themselves. Anybody is allowed to defend themselves. Somebody comes to attack you and to rob you and to kill you. Of course you can defend yourself. Defend yourself. There's nothing wrong with defending yourself. But the chaos that the people cause, making these factions and these groups and thousands of different groups all claiming to be in jihad, it's an absolute nonsense. That is a nonsense. So you do not go and join these groups and try to do these battles and fighting against the troops and the government troops and all the nonsense that goes on. No scholar has said that is correct. The Salafi scholar said, do not get involved in all these different groups and factions. Remain in your homes, protect yourself. If they come to attack you, defend yourself.
Allah told us 99. If you learn 99 then and memorize them and practice them, then you'll enter paradise. That is the worship Allah told us to do. Just like lots of other things. Allah told us to do five prayers every day. Told us to do one hajj per lifetime. Told us to fast once a year. So in this instance, in this case, He gave us this hadith, this revelation, that 99 names. And that is the way that the revelation came. This is what Allah told us to do. And whatever the revelation is, whatever Allah commands us to do, then that is what we follow. Sometimes, sometimes it is possible. We do not actually know the reasons behind certain things. That is possible. وَمَا أُوتِيتُمْ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا You've not been given from knowledge except a small amount, as Allah said. So some of the worships, as the scholars say, are ibadat mahda. They are worship for the sake of worship. We may not know the reasons as to why. So perhaps in this case, Allah has told us 99, there is no need for us to discuss why 99. Why not 50? Why not 200? Allah told us 99, He revealed that in the Quran and the Sunnah, Reveal the names and attributes in the Qur'an and the Sunnah, so we follow that and make it 99. Memorize and act upon 99, just as the revelation says. So we'll leave it there. We'll carry on next week, inshallah ta'ala, with the next section of this.